we want to go deeper into, uh, this is week three, in dealing with uh, having faith in the vine. Now, we talked about, you know, having faith in the vine. By now, you, we all know that we're talking about having faith in Jesus. Your faith has to be in Jesus, right? <clears throat> and so, therefore, what we are talking about tonight, having faith in the vine, we are sharing with you about, with, well, Jesus is sharing. Uh, put that up there, Casey. Uh, <clears throat> put that up there uh, in John chapter 15. And let's just go through these verses. And so as we go through these verses, good evening, y'all. How y'all doing? Okay. As we go through these verses, let's look at this for a moment and understand that Jesus was not talking about a tree per se, but he was doing what? He was giving the analogy or a parable. Uh, we'll say Moabites. And uh, uh, that's my people back there. Praise God. Uh and look at that from a, from a perspective. Shh. Look at that from a perspective that he was dealing with you and I and not a vine and a branch. But he's given the analogy to do what? That shares with you and I that just as a branch cannot make survive on its own, then Jesus is saying to you and I, you cannot survive on your own. Amen. So we have to look and see ourselves as crucified. If you don't see yourself crucified, and what I mean by crucified, you see Jesus, you don't see Jesus on the cross. And that's been probably that's probably been some of the biggest confusion why we can't really receive forgiveness of sin. You need to see yourself. Jesus, see yourself through Jesus, he was your substitute. He was the sacrifice that God used, just as they did in the old covenant. They had animal sacrifice. It didn't take away sin. It covered sin. But the blood of Jesus didn't cover your sin. It took away your sin. And so what we want you to do is to see yourself on that cross because that's what he did. He was a substitute for you and I. But because we couldn't do it, you, you follow what I'm saying? Legally, we was on that cross with him, but vitally, it was Jesus who died on that cross. Did you understand what I mean by that? And just like legally, we were connected one with the first Adam, but vitally, it was the first Adam that did what? That committed high treason. But because we were all in him, are you following what I'm saying? Because we were all in him, then it may appear that whereas even though legally we were connected, we wasn't there, but vitally we were because God breathed into man the breath of life. Okay? I didn't get one amen. All right. So here we go. <clears throat> Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the husband. Verse 2. And every branch that's in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purge it, that it may bring forth what? More fruit. So you'll see that whereas even though you bearing fruit, you'll see that the word purge means he cleanses. So what is that? The word is doing the cleansing as we grow. You've already cleaned through the word. 
But as you grow in the word, you will see yourself in a greater light, a greater perspective in your new identity with him. That's the whole key is to see yourself in him. Amen. Notice it. Verse four. I mean, verse three. Now you are clean through what? The word which I have spoken unto you. So everywhere you see in the scriptures, especially in the epistles, in him, in whom, in Christ, that's speaking of you and I. That's revealing what you have right now. That's why I say, now you are clean through the word which I've spoken to you. Okay? Now, two-thirds of you don't understand that. Your soul and your body don't believe that. So you have to do what? The body, the soul, it still has the old software that came with the old identity of who you, who you and I were. That old nature that we had that was condemned, <clears throat> that Satan was Lord over. Well, the moment Jesus came in, we received Jesus as the Lord of our life. It was totally eradicated. So we have a new identity. But the new identity that you and I have, there's a soft, notice this, there is an old, there's an old unrenewed way of thinking that's still connected. So in reality, it still thinks that why? It still can hold you hostage. But your hostility is only available to those who don't have a renewed mindset. Okay? Take for an example, you still have some people teach on generational curses. Well, generational curse has been broken by the blood of Jesus. And then whatever concept, whatever, whatever concept that you have or whatever was in your life, whatever you were bound with, whatever you found yourself walking out of the moment you got born again, you also did what? Broke forth the, off the generational curse because of the blood of Jesus. But if you don't see yourself as the redeemed, then you will still hold yourself as a hostage in your mindset. And that's where it is. That's what we mean by an unrenewed mind. It's not a generational curse that you're dealing with. You're dealing with an unrenewed mindset. And until you have a renewed mindset in the things of the kingdom, then you will always think in the light of the old Adamic nature, which is bound with curses, which is bound with disadvantages and etc. Why? Because that's the way you see yourself. Huh? See, the word crucified means you've been put to death. What been put to death? Your spirit, your soul, and your body. But the soul and the body has a promissory note. You don't get to enjoy the soul and the body until you leave this earth. But because the spirit is already born of God, you can enjoy the privileges now. I don't have to wait till I get to heaven. Right? I don't have to wait till I get to heaven to enjoy the benefits of what my new birth has given unto me. No. That's the purpose of it. Amen? Your salvation is not for you anyway. It's for your unsaved neighbor, your unsaved relative, your unsaved community, your unsaved whatever you did. You know, you've already been approved by God. You've already been accepted by God. So you don't have anything to prove. But you do need to live your life in a manner whereas 
some people, your body, your life, my disposition would be the only Bible that they ever read, they ever see. That's why we live holy. That's why we live right. We're not doing it for us. We're doing it for our neighbor. We're doing it for our relatives. We're doing it for whoever. Well, you know, don't be judging me. This is my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you dead. You dead to yourself, honey. This is what I mean by many have not really heard the truth of the gospel of grace. It doesn't give you a license to say, I'm still struggling with this. No, you're still struggling with it. You may be still struggling, but what are you doing to find the answer of the truth of who you are? Hmm? I mean, you could buy a new iPad. Well, I'm still struggling, man, how to, you know, how to get, how to get to go from one page to another page. But if you keep working it, right? What was a struggle won't be a struggle. I mean, it was a struggle for me at one time to, I mean, for all of us, when we were a kid, to do what? To button your shirt. I mean, I mean, just think about it. Some of we had to, man, we had to, we had to work at that. I can remember one time, you know, no matter how I worked at it, that thing was still like this. <laughs> now today, I just put the shirt on and just go it on. I mean, you put your shirt on, you, you put in your tie, and you, and you don't even think about it. See, the struggle is over. It's the same thing in the Word. You only struggle because of what you don't have an experiential knowledge of the truth that you have and whose you are. But if you stay with it over and over, you don't quit. Remember I told you what the word grit means? It means, what, what I told you the word grit means? I like that word. Did, it, did anybody write that down? Y'all didn't write that down. Huh? Uh, I gave y'all, I, one of them was character, uh, let's see here. Let me, let me get it here. <clears throat> here we go. The word grit here is a, the drive. Stamina and fortitude to push through any challenge or obstacle until success is for sheep. Man, I'm telling you. It's achieved. Yeah. I mean, I found that right there at Lowe's. On the wall. I took a picture of that. I like that. It had some others up there. But uh, glory to God. So my point to you is, is that if you're going to walk in the freedom of whose you are, you're going to have to stay with you. You have to identify, okay, I may have this crisis at the moment, but that's not who I am. You begin to search the scripture of showing you who you are. When you discover who you are and have a, get a revelation, you take that truth and you put it on that plague. And that truth will grind out that plague. You ever seen a root uh, tree stump being grind out? I've seen that many times. 
how that thing can get on there and just, I mean, it grinded to what? To, to mulch. That's what the truth of God's word would do to any obstacle in your life. But you got to stick with it long enough. We don't stay with it long enough. Amen? All right. Abide in me and I in you, and as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide where? In me. Can you see that? So, so Jesus telling you, I am the vine, you are the branch. He make it clear now. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abided in me, abided, dwell, live, stay. It's not like on Sunday or on Wednesday, right? It's, this is not a special occasion. This is where we dwell. We live in him. He lives in us every day. It's in our speech. It's how we conduct our affairs. It's how we deal with crisis. We deal with it with Christ in us. We allowing that truth to be to, to quiet or to turn down the volume of agitation, frustration, or whatever that may be. We're the only answer to the world, saints. And you have to be awakened to that. You know, the sports world is, many of them is highly upset with Deion Sanders. They call it cocky. It's not cocky. It's confident in the one of whose he are, whose he is. This man is a soul out born again believer. Full of the Holy Ghost. He makes no apology for his belief. He makes no apology for his stand. You gonna play for me? This is this this is the standard. Don't care who like it, don't care who don't like it. This is it. We don't compromise. But when you put that uniform on, see, you better know that this is a game that wears, you know, like I said, he is up for the challenge. No one gave him a chart, I mean a chance. I didn't, you know, I didn't look at the game, but I said, huh, I know, this guy got something going. This guy got something going, and it's been like that. It's not something that just happened. He's taking the stand of the believer, and he's bold with it. The sport announcer asked him, do you think? He said, no, I don't think I know. <laughs> what you going to do with a man like that? What you going to do? I know we're going to win. He said, what y'all got to say now? He actually said that. What y'all got to say now? What I'm saying to you, where are we in the body of Christ? Well, well I, I'm looking for you to be healed, but 
Because, see, your faith is only in what you think. No. You have no faith when it comes to the Bible. The faith you have is Jesus Christ. You are taking what is his. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He take that, which is, put this up there, uh, Casey. Uh, John 16, and look at verse 13 <clears throat> and 14. So verse 13 says, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, I mean, he's come, right? But the spirit of truth can still be coming towards you when you lack understanding. But if you stay with it, the spirit of truth will come. Why? Because the eyes of your understanding is enlightened. You didn't quit. You didn't quit. When, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will do what? Guide you into what? What would he guide you into? So he's never going to speak to you about your doubts, your fear. He's going to talk to you about the truth of who you are and what you have now. Why? Because it's Christ. Jesus is the one that paid the price. The spirit of Christ, the spirit of victory, the spirit of triumph is in you now. It's not something you're going to get. It's something that you have appropriated now, but it's by faith. So the obstacles and the things around you is trying to convince you what you don't have. It's trying to steal what you already got. You say, well, how can it do that? Through your doubts? Well, I thought I had it. Well, I thought I was healed. Well, I thought I was going to get that money. Well, it doesn't sound like a broken record. Right? Now, we're going to have to become more confident, more assured, that what we have, you, gotta, you can't be afraid to make a stand by faith on the word of God. I'm telling you, you won't see the miraculous. You won't see it until you're willing to make a stand against all the opposition there is. Now, you're not trying to front. You're not trying to be bold in yourself. Your boldness is based on the truth. It's just like when we had, it's just like when they talked about COVID, when all the churches were shut down. They said, I'm shutting, we're not shutting down. They don't have that right. We had two different cars uh, through two, several different times, police cars pull up in the lot. My son over there said, Dad, you see, I said, I see him. I ain't stopping. I had one of my one of my members called got upset because I was still I had the church open. I'm not trying to be look, it, it, you, you got to be willing to make a stand. If they arrest me, they arrest me. So what? That ain't the end of the world. I said, y'all just come get me out. Because I'm gonna go right back again. You don't have no right. But if you don't have no, you don't have no boldness in what Jesus did for you, yeah, they'll talk you out of what, what you have a right to. Now, I'm not talking about me. Yeah, because I had voices talking in my head too. You fool. But I made it shut up. I, 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 I'm, just, I'm just showing you 
here, he said, number one, notice what he would do. He will guide you into all truth when he comes. Number two, he will not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Well, what is he going to hear? Who is he going to hear from? He's going to hear from the Father, and he's going to hear from the Lord Jesus himself. Because the Holy Spirit was with the Father in creation. The Holy Spirit with Jesus in his earthly ministry. The Holy Spirit is here now. No, he's very instrumental in our walk right now. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? He's the third part of the Godhead, but he's the most important factor to you and I. He's God. But if you don't take time to fellowship with him, to, 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 you know, to understand his voice, to understand the culture of the kingdom, then you will take a stand for anything. You will allow reason. You will allow uh, uh, all these other things to come about and try to make a decision or make a stand for you why this is kosher, why this is, why this is acceptable. When you live for the kingdom of God, man, I'm telling you, you have to have some boldness. Because even your best, some of your best friends gonna come against you, man. Yeah, that don't, that don't sound right. You know, y'all y'all a little bit too radical now. Come on now. Watch that Jim Jones stuff. See, they bring everything out. This ain't no cult. People who got caught up with Jim Jones didn't read the Bible. I give you the scriptures. I give you the word. I tell you, go home, study the word. If I'm wrong, challenge me. Tell me. I give you, I give you opportunities. Most leaders are not going to do that. I let you ask questions in an open classroom. I call it a classroom. Because I, I mean, how are you going to learn? I know when we was in school, you wish the teacher didn't call on you. Right? <laughs> what did I just say? More? I, I had a, that's when you had men teachers back then. Empty wagon make the most noise. You didn't talk back. That's when teachers used to go whoop you. Huh? He had a paddle that long. They didn't whoop you every day. Save it up. They save it up to the end of the week. Boy, that's torture. <laughs> Some of these parents today don't even know what it is to whoop a kid. What? I can't whoop my child. That's why little Johnny. That's why little Johnny cuss you out. Hmm. And then you're gonna pick a shoe up and hit little Johnny in the head, and now they're gonna get you for abuse because you didn't handle little Johnny right. Right? Little Johnny can talk to anybody else crazy, but he can't talk to you crazy. It's starting the house. All right, I'm not talking about little Johnny. All right. <laughs> so, next verse, Casey. He shall glorify me. Right? You see that? Who shall glorify him? The Holy Spirit. For he shall what? Receive of who? Of mine. And what are he going to do to it? He's going to show it unto you. That's why we can't lose. You should always strive for God's best. 
in every area of your life, you should always strive for God's best. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, look, there is no failure. The kingdom is failure-proof. The kingdom is sick, disease-proof. The kingdom is poverty-proof. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah. Just because we live right in this earth. The earth is not poor. The earth is filled with God's riches. Hmm? Put this in that case. It's Psalm 115 and verse 16. Let's get into the lesson a little bit. I have to take y'all slow in here while we're talking about why tithe. It's not about the money. It's about can God trust you? He's building trust. Because what? If you can't, if you don't know how to be, you know, again, as what I showed you about Abraham, God did not require Abraham to give anything. Abraham gave because he knew there was no way in the world he could have overcome those armies that he did. He knew that he was blessed. To be blessed me, he knew he was empowered to overcome. Oh, I got to show you that. The heavens, even the heavens, are the Lord. But what is that? But the earth he has done what? Given to the children of men. That means if God gave the earth to you and I, he didn't give it to us broke. It's filled with riches. It's filled with his treasure. Hmm? All right. Okay, so let's go over here. <clears throat> Case of Genesis chapter 14. Go back to Genesis 14 and look with me over here at verse 19. Let's go back to verse 18 for a moment. I'm sorry. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, Melchizedek is an office. It's not, it's an office. Jesus was and is our Melchizedek. Okay? And you know that the Bible says he had no beginning of days. Uh, well, you can see that in uh, Hebrews chapter 7, that there is no beginning of days, there is no ending of days. So, who, 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 who can you think of? That's like that. Only him, right? So Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought he brought bread and wine. That's another indication to show you that was the incarnated of Jesus Christ Himself. What was he doing? The bread and the wine. What does he represent? He represents covenant. And what did I tell y'all Sunday? about the tithe. When you tithe of your own, when you are willingly to bring to God a first fruit of what you have made or what you have done and how you overcame this or whatnot, what you're doing, you're entering into a covenant agreement with God and saying, because you have empowered me, meaning you gave me the understanding, you gave me your wisdom in how to do this, 
and to do it with proficiency. And so therefore, I'm entering into an agreement with you that I'm going to bring my tithe to you. And when you bring that tithe before the Lord, what is he doing? He's taking it and turning it around and investing it in you. you say, well, how is he doing that? While you're sitting here tonight, that's part of your investment, learning the truth. You can't go everywhere and learn this. You can get entertained. You can get religion. You can have religion. But you can't, get the, you can't get the real truth. And I always challenge you, go back and read the word. Go back and study it. Because there's more to it than what I'm actually saying to you. Okay? So Melchizedek, he brought the bread, he brought the wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. Isn't that what Romans, I mean, isn't that what Hebrews 4.16? You have not a priest that has not been tempted or tested as you and I are. We have a high priest that's been tempted in all places, right? Y'all read that scripture before, right? That's in Hebrews 4. You can write that down, Hebrews 4.15 and 16. But notice this. He's the priest of the Most High God. Okay, he showed up. Because what happened? He wanted to see what, how was Abram going to, what was his thankfulness toward God? Remember, and I looked this up. It didn't, there's no way it say that God told Abram to bring the tithe. My question was, how did he know to do that? It's just like revelation knowledge inside of us. You just know in your know this is what you're supposed to do. It's an act of your will of saying thank you. I appreciate that, Lord. And then that's where increase comes in there. Watch this. He's a priest of the most high God. Now watch you pay very, very close attention to this next verse. Verse 19. <clears throat> And he blessed him. You see that? And he said, blessed be Abram of the most high God. I think that's what Abram understood, what it meant, what, how, he met, how he knew to give the tithe. Look at this for a moment. <clears throat> in Genesis, you write there in Genesis, go to chapter 1, look at verse 28. Now, you know what verse 26 says? It talked about how God said, you know, let us make man in our image. Let's look at that verse first. Verse 26, and then go to verse 20. It says, and God said, let us make man in our what? Image and likeness. That's where I think Abram got it from. He had God's image. He had God's likeness. Because God came in covenant with Abram. So Abram had the mindset of God. God had to reveal what was in his hand to get Abram to live out his life in the life in the way that he did. It, and you may say, well, how come God don't do He does. See this Bible? This is God talking to you every day. You, they only had part. They didn't even have a Bible. They were, they were living this thing out as they went. We can open the book and we can see the hand of God all through this. 
this book give us hope. Hmm? How could Abraham overcome these different armies with 318 uh, trained servants? You know them people had more than 318 uh, 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 soldiers. How did he know to have the strategy that he did? Let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let him have dominion. Hmm? And it goes a list what he had dominion of. The fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the cattle, over all the earth, over every creepy thing that creep up on the earth. Verse 27. <clears throat> so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So that means that's why we know what to do. A woman knows how to, when she's pregnant, a woman knows how to carry a baby to bring forth life. A man can't do that. You can take and get his organs changed. You can take and get her organs changed. I'm trying to tell you, in that bone, they steal a man and steal a woman. You're not changing God's mind. You ain't seen no trouble till you start messing with the science that God, how God created you. Hmm? Verse 28. And God blessed them. Now, what we saw in verse 26, it said, let us make man. Man was not made. These are the first words that man ever heard right here in verse 28. The counsel of God was talking amongst themselves, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us make man. Now man has been created in verse 27, and it said, and God blessed them. What does that mean? And God empowered them. That means they were, they were endued with, a, with an understanding, with an assignment that God placed within them, and they just know what to do. Abram just knew how to give. A pecan tree just know when, how to produce the pecan in its season. A peach tree. A pear tree. Huh? Herbs. It knows what to do. It's, the life is in itself because God spoke it. It's still taking place today. And when you and I See things that is out of control. God is looking to you and I to speak his word, to put it back in the manner it's supposed to be. I didn't get one amen. <laughs> Say, how can I do that? Look. And God blessed them. Ooh, my timing. And God said unto them, that means God empowered them, and God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply. That means they couldn't be fruitful or multiply until they were empowered to do it. Huh? That's right. He had to give them the ability. He, he, Look, the other verse of scripture I use all the time, Matthew 25, 14. He, he gave each according to their own several ability. 
He's not expecting you to perform like someone else. But if you walk in the lane that God has for you, I promise you, there's no poverty in that lane. There's no sickness in that lane. There's no lack in that lane. There's no deficiency in that lane. Hmm? But you got to have grit. You got to have grit. You got to be willing to fight for it. Hmm? Woo! Huh. Something went through here. <laughs> and God blessed them. God empowered them, and God said unto them, Be, wow, fruitful. That's not just having babies. It's included, but that's not just having babies. Be fruitful. The earth is crying out for you. There are more things in the earth that needs to be invented, and God wants to give it to you. One idea. He wants to show it to you. The Holy Spirit will take that which is here, John 16, 13, 14, 15, and he, he will show it unto you. Why? Because it's already in you. But it has to be awakened. Hmm? Why, Ty? Because you're so grateful. I couldn't have done what I do without you. It's your own willingness. It's not that you got to. You, know, you can't be a member of this church if you don't tie. That's hogwash. That's an individual decision between God and man. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my kishikale is so thank you, Lord. Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish. What the word replenish mean? Huh? Refill. Well, how you think you're going to do that? Your words, your mouth, you're speaking faith-filled words. You're speaking what God has put in place. It's not what you do. It's what you're saying. We live by what we say. Hmm? Oh, you don't know how powerful you are. But you keep coming. You keep listening. You're going to keep growing. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, little by little, connecting those dots on the inside. It's like a Polaroid camera. Y'all remember the Polaroid camera? They still make that? You know? <laughs> I used to like that, you know? You take that picture and wait. But the little dots, there are dots in there. What are they doing? They're coming together to do what? To make the image that it took the shot of, the picture of. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's taking them words. 
You, don't, you can't do it, but the Holy Spirit is doing it for you. While you sleep, while you're driving, <laughs> while you're at work, he's putting it together. And then all of a sudden you'll say, a peace will come together and say, oh, I see it, Lord. Oh, whoa. You have an aha moment. I had many of those, still do. I mean, offer some of the same stuff that I'm showing you. I say, whoa, Lord. He's trying to show you where your abundance is. He's trying to show you where your prosperity is. It's in your assignment. It's in your assignment. Well, I can't go any further. I need to move forward, but I can't go any further. My time is up. I'm obligated to 45 minutes. So, yeah. <clears throat> Y'all good? <clears throat>